Welcome to the Sedated Man Podcast. We're here to help you break free from all that's holding you down and provide you with the tools to embrace the brotherhood of Christ. It's time to stand back up and be the man you were meant to be. Here's your host, Mike Baker. All right, the sedated man, episode one oh one. I can't even believe I go over, got over a hundred. Uh, title on this one is Hollywood and the God fearing, and I have a very special guest, Matt Shook, who happens to work in that industry. And I know you know there's a lot of assumptions I think made about the industry, and a lot of a lot of you know. I mean, people look at social media, and I am honored to have Matt here. Matt, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, and give us some story. Okay, so um, hello, happy to be a guest on the Sedated Man. Um, I might a little bit of background on me. I was raised in a strong Christian family from birth, so God has always been a part of my life, and I'm very blessed for that. Um, in 2007, I got a job at a, a grocery store, and that was my first job at 16, 17, somewhere around there. And I met a guy named Ryan who wanted to be my friend. And, um, you know, we eventually separated from that job and I went and got a different job and he made his way into the film industry. And he has been there for about 10 years when we reconnected at one point. And I asked him, um, he actually voiced to me that he wanted some of his friends or some of his family to come work for him or work with him because he was enjoying his job. And, he told me how much he was making and the benefits he got. And I was like, oh, dang, you know, so I'm in. that sounds like a good gig. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So he says, if, if you can get me in, uh, that's a big upgrade in my life. And he goes, well, it's you have to work hard and uh, work hard. I did. It is it is a very demanding job. In uh, 2017, he gave me a phone call and said, look, we're, we're in permit days. And uh, what permits mean is that everybody in the union is working. There's no one left on the books to hire. They're ready to bring in guys off the streets. And in order to work as a guy off the street, you work a permit day. And you have to get 30 of those to join the union. And I was able to get 30 of those with my friend Ryan. And here I am. I joined the union in early 2018. And I've been doing this for almost four years now. I'm in Hollywood. And what an experience it is. I, I work as a, a studio lighting technician. And, you know, um, I jumped into the fray on a very progressive TV show. Well, a lot of which I will not reveal on the podcast, you know, celebrities and productions and things like that. There are some I will, but uh, this particular show I will not. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, as you said, everybody has this idea of Hollywood and I would say mostly everybody is right about that idea of Hollywood. I've, I have what I think are three strong examples of how Hollywood challenges Christianity, challenges um, conservatives and and how Hollywood uses COVID as a very strong controlling tool. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting dyna dynamic. Um, so, in I'll just jump into my first example here. Absolutely, so, go ahead. Uh, yeah, um, in late twenty twenty, we were in full swing with COVID. You know, and this is around the time of the biden trump election and you know there was a lot going on politically a lot of angry people a lot of divide a lot of division and the same was happening for me i was heavily involved in parlor at the time which was under a lot of scrutiny because well, we all yeah uh -huh. <laughs> and um and i was working on this show called diary of a future president which is basically follows uh, a cuban-american girl and she's in touch with her future self as the president but you go through her experiences moving through middle school and this show is about as progressive as they come um, when you think of the target audience i looked up the target audience for this show and it is targeted towards what they call teenagers not teenagers right, right. which basically means uh, very young teenagers or even earlier than that so mm -hmm. this this show targets a very very young audience and 
Um, let me go to my notes here. And I was looking at a lot of just the, the stuff that we were filming and the scenes and the context of this show. And I was surrounded by it daily. And, you know, I'm seeing things like Biden won the election and, you know, and I'm looking at a lot of information out there that says, you know, there's, there's evidence of voter fraud. There's all, all these things. And yet it seems it doesn't matter. You know, I just felt like we couldn't get a win. There's evidence of voter fraud. There's evidence that people are lying. There's evidence of mm -hmm. this and that. Yet we're still moving forward with, which I think is not the, the, the real winner in the presidential election. Um, but yeah, when Par Parler gets removed, Biden wins the election. You know, I'm in Hollywood as a white conservative Christian man, which is under all the criteria that's <laughs> yeah. under attack today. I mean, yep. middle-aged yep. even. I've, I've sat in sexual harassment meetings and I had a guy stand up at the end of it. And he goes, so basically what you're telling me from this meeting is that everybody is protected except middle-aged white men. Yeah. And she goes, oh, no, I'm not saying that. I goes, no, that's exactly what you're saying. And, you know, he started, you know, giving her all these reasons and she's, she's fumbling over her words, but it's true. You know, I, I meet all these criteria, middle-aged, white, Christian, conservative. I'm under attack on all of those fronts, you know, and I was feeling very overwhelmed with the world. So I, I shut out politics. I, I did what I think, it's, which is exactly what they want you to do, is to remain oblivious to what's going on out there. Yeah. And I did that. And uh, I did that while we were filming, film, filming goodness, Diary of a Future President. And um, so let me just, let me go into some examples about this show. So like I said, she's a Cuban-American girl who's in touch with your future self as a president. And she goes through trials and tribulations in her middle school. And I've, I've watched not all of the show because I, you know, I've taken to heart what she said in one of your previous podcasts in order to have an argument on something, you need to have fruit. And right. I, and I, not that I wanted to support this garbage, but I wanted to be very aware of what I was speaking and I wanted to be fully informed. So you want to be qualified is what you mean. You want to be qualified, qualified to say what needed to be said. Yeah. And I've, I've gone through, I recorded all of these elements of the show that make it incredibly progressive. And I just, and when I, when I say these to you, I want, just want you to keep in mind, this is targeted towards preteens. I mean, right. and so my first episode I have is, a, uh, or the first example is, season two, episode two, it's called Strategic Alliance. And Elena, which is the main character in the show, she is a friend who is in the school play and she's practicing a song for the school play. And the lyrics to this song that she's singing in middle school is why can't feminism happen already? It's my greatest wish, but it's a bummer because of my gender, this desire will be dismissed. Oh. So yeah, we are at middle school and we're already portraying the, the image that women are at a disadvantage in, in our nation. And mm -hmm. kids are going to grow up watching this, preteens and women are going to think, girls are going to think they're already at a social disadvantage. Yeah. You know, and uh, that kind of crap is poisonous to me. And yeah, so. Well, that's indoctrination got, oh, at, its best, at its finest there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so here's another example. Um, yeah. Like I said, they they go to middle school and the school mascot of this school they go to, it's called Orange Bay Middle School. The school mascot is this guy named Ogden Swansby. And there's an episode where Elena goes and she does research on the founder of this school, Ogden Swansby. And she finds out, and I've quoted this directly from the show, he's an orange baron who made his fortune off of orange juice squeezed by the hands of underpaid women. Swansby forced them to work with no breaks and made corsets mandatory even used a woman as a human shield in the Battle of Boca. And guess what color Ogden Swansby is in this show? White guy? Old white guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just so, a guess. You know, giving it, just a guess. <laughs> yeah. Just a guess. Old, yeah. Old white guy, you know, just painting the picture that us, us white guys are the picture of evil, you know? Yeah. And once again, putting this in the mind of, of teenagers that we are the enemy. And really, and really indirectly, they're also laying groundwork that men are just misogynistic, you know, evil 
people regardless. I mean, and that's regardless of race. I mean, so on one hand, you've got all men are bad because they're suppressing women. And then you take it another step that, that on the scale of bad men, white guys are the worst. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, so we've got two operating scales at the same time. And that's yeah. on the, that's on the indirect side of what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because this, get this, this is, I, I couldn't believe this when I saw this, but in, in terms of the, you know, that the guy is the enemy and, uh-huh. you know, as women, we need to be independent and powerful. These are, these are some terms that I've, in the few episodes that I have watched that the main character, Elena says. So she's referring to history of, of a previous classmate, but instead of the word history, she says herstory. You know, not H-I-S-T-O-R-Y. She says H-E-R-S-T-O-R-Y. Hopefully I spelled that correctly. Yeah. But I mean, that's just how crazy it is. And then there's another part of, of a different episode where, you know, if somebody has an idea, they go, oh my God. She goes, oh my goddess. You know, so I mean, they're trying to take, they're trying to take a stance against men on every single word. But, you know, and like you said, words matter. They do matter. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, and just, and keep in mind, I, I know I've said this a hundred times already, this is a kid's show. And that's how this whole idea of, you know, woke ideology or leftist thinking is going to sweep this nation is because people like you and me cannot be convinced of that. But right. in our schools, on our TV, the only way to, to convince everybody that this is the way things need to be is to get at them when they're young. Yeah. And at least that's what I truly believe, you know? Um, so there is another situation. So in the show, Elena has a brother named Bobby and Bobby is on the tennis team and they come from, they are, like I said, a Cuban family. Mm-hmm. And Bobby's last name is uh, Caniero Reed. And so in his name, he has the N with the little tilde above it. Right. And there's a scene where he's walking away and his name is visible in the back of his jacket. And a character named Davis, played by another white boy, makes makes like fun of the, coming, yeah. Yeah, makes fun of the worm symbol on Bobby's jacket of, above his name. And he's making fun of he goes, Oh, I don't know what that means, but I'm just gonna start calling you worm now. You know, so labeling another white boy as a racist or yep. discriminator. And then this last example I have from the show is my favorite of all. So um, <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, you're right. You're right up in it. So I mean, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. So eventually later on in the second season. So the second season is the one I worked on. This mm-hmm. so this show has been around for two seasons. I don't know if it got approved for a third season. Um, I really hope not. But and if it does, how woke it is, I, I guess. Yeah. I, I, if it does get approved for a third season, I know I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, but in the second season, Elena is running for a student rep position and she's in an election against a guy named Trip Swansby, and he is a descendant of the school mascot, the Orange Baron, and he is, that he, they just, yes, another white boy. Um, guilty by default, yeah. Yeah, guilty by default, and they, his character in the show is just, he's, he's rich, he's lazy, he's obnoxious, he's arrogant, he's white, he's entitled, He's another term they use for him is heteronormative. I mean, big words here for a kid's show, you know? Yeah. And yep. yeah. And so she's running against Trip. He is the main contender for student rep council. And I'm looking at this and, you know, he's a supporter of Orange Bay Middle High. And they've even made a bunch of jabs in the show that the color orange needs to be is there's a problem with the color orange and i'm looking at this and and they've turned this kid trip into trump i was gonna say orange man bad yeah orange man bad yep his name's trip you know i mean this you can't make this stuff up it's here (laughs) and it's it's one way i mean a, a kid in their early teens is gonna look at this and make the correlation you know and, and when they refer to Trip, they say, you know, there's, there's a quote I have in here. He controls the narrative and brings down women in the process. He does not stand for equality. Typical Swansby, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's just, this is the most progressive show I've worked on. I worked on the whole season and um, 
One thing I did not have in my notes, but I think I will touch on is the last season ends with, um, you know, because they got to touch on all the topics of social climate. The oh, last, yeah. Last season, um, her brother basically comes out of the closet and ends up sharing a kiss with another boy. And I was waiting for that part. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Hollywood today is just, okay, here's, here's all the topics. We need to make sure that whatever show we create touches on race, gender, you know, equality, everything, you name yep. it. And it's just like, we've lost that. It doesn't have to be political. It can just be fun. It can be yeah. entertaining. It doesn't have to touch on all these topics anymore. And here we are in a Disney freaking kids TV show touching on all these political topics, which is, let's just let kids be kids, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So and it's, that it's was interesting. Where, it's interesting you say that if I can interrupt, yeah. interrupt for just yeah, a second. Yeah. One of my favorite actors is Keanu Reeves. Now, outside of the fact, outside of the fact that I've heard that he's an outstanding guy on set, um, he's a great actor. But you know what I really appreciate about him? I have no idea what his politics are. You know why? Because that's not his job. Yeah. His job is yeah. to be a great actor, and that he is. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually hoping that in my career I have the the i'm fortunate enough to work with keanu reeves because same thing i love him as an actor i've heard yeah. he's a stand-up guy um you know i've i've seen pictures of him carrying equipment for his crew because we carry yep. a lot of heavy equipment i mean it's backbreaking work a lot of the stuff we yeah. do and uh you know he's he, just he, that he's guy on, yeah anytime we see a celebrity willing to to lend a hand we're like awesome you know it lifts our spirits it lifts our morale yeah and i would i would love to work with keanu reeves and you know I'm an introverted guy and I don't really go out of my way to, to talk to celebrities, but I would really try and shake his hands, you know? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be, yeah. You know, I, and I it's, get, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, I've been doing this for four years and I've, I, I'm getting used to being around high class people in, 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 you know, the Hollywood elite, but I still do get starstruck. And I think I would be if I saw him too, but yeah, that's all. No, now, now one yeah. thing I can honestly say is I'm not a starstruck guy. It's, yeah, you know, being originally from Montana, part of the reason that stars buy houses in Montana is because Montanans don't care that they're there. You know, they can walk. I mean, if it tells you anything, you used to live in Bozeman, Montana. Katy Perry was uh, uh, dating uh, John Mayer and John Mayer has a place there and he's got a place in Bozeman. And uh, they would often go to Walmart without any entourage because nobody cared. <laughs> you know but but going back to something you said is you know character part of what you appreciate about keanu is his character all right because mm -hmm. we're talking hollywood right now one of the guys i met and and actually went to a dinner with is uh robert kiyosaki do you know who he is i've heard the name okay yes. he wrote he yeah. wrote rich dad poor dad okay okay now this guy was like 70 i think he was just over 70 years old super smart guy multi-millionaire billionaire probably at this point or at the point i i saw him and when the dinner was done everybody got up and helped put away chairs and there's robert kiyosaki hauling chairs yeah 70 plus yeah. years old and yeah. that made a huge impression on me and you know that's that's what i think actors should be focused on and yeah. you know i mean guys like keanu he just he lives his life he doesn't let the other stuff get in the way and he treats everybody equitably and but now in hollywood it would seem the equity's gone and what's yeah. left is what is what you're seeing and i didn't mean to go off on that that tangent but how is how is hollywood treating you personally as as a religious guy personally i haven't actually had um you know much discrimination or ill will towards me for being a Christian. I've actually been fortunate enough to work. Um, I've networked as much as I can in this industry, but God has been fortunate with me and blessed me in, in the sense that I've worked with a lot of the same guys over and over again. So I have networked, but I still stay within a pretty small pool of guys. And a lot of those guys are liberal, um, oh. but they are, they are still solid guys. And, you know, and, that's, that's what I think a lot of people miss today is it's okay to disagree. It's not every liberal is evil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. It's okay to disagree. 
and to be have a civil discussion about these topics. We don't need to start yelling and labeling and, and getting emotional, you know, and sometimes it does get emotional, but um, I've actually been fortunate enough to work with a lot of Christian conservative men. Um, there is, like I said, there is more Christians and there are more conservatives in Hollywood than I thought, but their beliefs are not celebrated like the opposing side, you know? Yeah. I mean, you don't see, you don't see Trump 2024 shirts, you know, walking around on a studio lot. You don't see, you know, yeah. actually, I, okay. So there's an example I wanted to provide. Um, yeah. The first show I worked on, there was a guy uh, who was toting a shirt that was pro second amendment. And, uh, you know, the second amendment has been under heavy oh, yeah. discussion and, and criticism for past few years. Um even further back. Um, and he, so we were filming a scene. This guy is seen by the main actress on the show, which is number one on the call sheet. I mean, she's the main character. She sees that and she goes, I want that guy off my set right now. Get him out of here. And they did. They asked him to leave and he was removed. I thankfully I don't think he was fired, but it's just, you know, there's there's no tolerance in Hollywood for opposing views. There's just yeah. not. And which is the hypocrisy or kind of the, uh, the irony of it all is like, you know, we are the tolerant left, but there is no tolerance. No, no, that's there's, a, there's no tolerance at all. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and like I said, you know, I'm seeing Biden Harris shirts everywhere or, you know, women's rights, you know, you name it, as long as it fits the left narrative, it can be celebrated on the studio a lot. But if you're part of the other side, goodbye to you, you know, yeah. and I've seen this, um, even within my union, I've seen, you know, some of my union brothers say, if you're a Trump supporter, I'm not going to hire you. I'm sorry, but that is blatant discrimination at its, at its core. It really is. You know, I've seen, and I've even seen people higher up, you know, leadership within unions saying this, you know, when we discuss topics of who to vote for in the presidential election or, you know, Newsom was a big topic over here during the recall. Oh, I'll, I'll bet. Yeah. 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 Um, they're telling us how we need to vote, not simply to vote, but how we need to vote. And it's just like, it's not within your realm to tell me how to vote. You know, you need to, you provide me with the information. I take that information and I formulate an opinion on my own. And we've lost that as a society, which is part of where my frustration came from. And I found this podcast was like, Everything today is so emotional, so opinionated, uh -huh. so involved. It's it just goes back to what I said. We can't have a civil discussion. It's okay to disagree and get yeah. along at the same time. We just but that doesn't exist as much anymore. See, I would go a step further. I would say that as men, God designed us a certain way on purpose. And as men, I think that we need to have the ability to to vehemently and passionately disagree because that's who we are. All right. But the, the difference comes in rather than, rather than hating one another, when the conversation's over, we need to be big enough to shake hands and not agree to disagree because I totally disagree with that term. Somebody's right. Somebody's wrong. And in yeah. some cases, both are wrong. It doesn't matter. But, but the whole idea is that's why that's why I said not every liberal. I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of liberals that are solid people. And the reason that they're liberal isn't because they're evil. Quite honestly, it's because they're misled and, and they've drank the Kool-Aid, but they're not evil people. Their intentions are not evil. And, and yeah, I think we've gotten away from everything has to be, uh, and I think you're seeing it more and more in congregations and you probably see it a lot in California too, is everything has to be, we have to all, we can't offend anybody. We can't, we don't want to say that. We don't want to say this. Well, I call bull crap because that's not what Jesus did. Jesus is the same guy that had a, uh, you know, that was turning tables over in the temple grounds. Mm -hmm. All right. But yet he's the same guy who lived without sin. So there is a point yeah. when it's okay to have so much passion that something has to be done. And I agree with you. And I think that's why you wanted to come on the podcast is because you hit that point where you're like, uh, my luxury of silence is now gone yeah um you know i've i've listened to you say a number of times on your podcast you know the time for couch surfing is over you know um yeah. we're, 
where from what I've seen in Hollywood, our freedoms as Americans and our freedoms as Christians are, are under attack. And it's only, I don't see it slowing down. It's only going to get worse. And it's time, the time for being quiet is done. I mean, there, there's no yeah. room to just sit down and be quiet anymore. No. And that's when I sought out this podcast because there was all these, I, all kinds of conversations on set. And, you know, some mm-hmm. of them didn't, some of them did involve, you know, effing conservatives, effing Christians, this, this, yeah. this, that. And it's like, I would stray away from those conversations because one, I'm an introvert. Two, I'm, I'm not strong in a debate, um, you know, and I felt helpless to convince those people that we are not the enemy. You know, we believe what we believe because we relate to scripture. You know, we are not closed-minded. We are not, you know, racist. We are not bigots. We are not intolerant. Mm-hmm. We just don't support these issues because God, because God doesn't support these issues, you know? Yeah. And, and I've, that's one of the, the skills I'm hoping to obtain over time. And it's why I said yes to this podcast, because I feel like it's the beginning of, of personal growth for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to be able to have a conversation with somebody and not get overly passionate and, you know, not be persuaded by the heat of the argument. You know, I want to be able to, because when you, when you have a discussion with somebody who has opposing views, you, you want to be able to convince them and you're not going to be able to convince them to see your side with emotion and anger and, you know, just talking over. Yeah. Um, no, I get what you mean. But, so, at the same time, but no, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's, you know, I, I too am introverted, which a lot of people yeah. don't think I am, but I am. I mean, I, I don't like conflict at all, but, but you know, well, here, let me ask you this as, I mean, you're looking at Hollywood from the inside. Okay. Does how, how big do you think Hollywood's influence is on the kids and their parents across America as they sit right now? Do you think that Hollywood has the ability to push the narrative so far that they get what they want? If people don't start monitoring what their kids are watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And do you think they're doing it on purpose? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, like, like we see in schools as well. I I remember reading an article not too long ago about a a woman who wanted just transparency of what was going on in the schoolroom, and the school lashed out to her and said, basically it's none of your business. And, you know, I was telling my girlfriend that, you know, I was watching this show, Diary of a Future President, and, you know, and if her and I end up do getting married and having kids, I said, we have to monitor everything that our kids yeah. going to watch in the future, because yeah. it's in everything. I mean, everything that comes through the TV, I mean, I read a, a quote yesterday that basically said the, the compass of Western civilization is what it's showing on television. So... I think Hollywood and the mainstream media absolutely have the power to turn this nation into what they want to. So, which is why I think we cannot be silent any longer. Yeah. And that's yeah. a great point. The compass thing. Um, you know, you and I were talking a little bit beforehand, everything that's being brought up against the God fearing right now, Christianity and the God fearing is based on Christianity's inability to prove God now because they have stepped away from proving that there's a God and that the Bible's a word of God and they've stepped more towards feelings. All right. And unfortunately it's it's a culture that's absolutely invaded many, many congregations now. And it's like, well, you just have to have faith there's a God. No. Com- the compass doesn't care where you would like north. The compass will always point north. And as Christians, as God fearing we have to be able to show where North is, not just point where we would like it to point. We need to prove this is North and it's doable. It's totally doable, but let's, uh, let's segue just a little bit now. So, uh, so for everybody listening, Matt is, Matt was supposed to be episode 100, but Matt got COVID. So we're not going to suggest any particular anything here. But I do want Matt to talk about his journey through COVID and, and what Hollywood may or may not be pushing as compared to what everybody's hearing on the news. Because, I mean, you know, it's interesting that I was joking with my wife the other day. I would, under normal circumstances, I would never know who the governor of California is because I don't live in California. But everybody and their dog knows who Gavin Newsom is. I would never know who the mayor of Chicago is. Why? Because I don't live in Chicago. I don't care what they do 
but I know that Lightfoot is the mayor of Chicago. All right. Why do I need to know who de Blasio is? Why do I need to know who, uh, you know, who Cuomo was and who his replacement, I think it's Hushel or Hushel or whatever her name is. All right. Because their grandstanding is what they're doing. But what I'd like to do is I'd like you to give us kind of your information, Matt, and, you know, walk us through how that was for you so that we can eliminate, uh, you know, the fluff from the fact. So yeah. go ahead. Um, well, I'm just going to come straight out and say it right off the bat. I do have my first dose of the vaccine mm -hmm. and um, I did not want it. I was pressured. I had convictions about it and um, I just decided to get it to improve my quality of life, um, which is not a decision I'm entirely proud of, but it's, it's where we are today. I cannot go back. I cannot take it back. It's, it, it was a decision I made um, and you know, my girlfriend and I were in it together. We both got it. And yeah, so on October, when I was working on a show recently and October 11th was the deadline, it's saying that if you are not vaccinated, you are terminated. You are done. Goodbye. Right. Um, and I was not vaccinated at the time. And I was heavily involved in prayer. You know, Lord, show me the way. What do I do here? And it was up, up until the Friday. So October 11th was a Monday. And they said, you have to be vaccinated to come to work on Monday. It was the Friday before that weekend. And somebody came up to me, you know, I was praying for God to show me a sign. Somebody came up to me, said they got into a one-on-one -on -one conversation with the vice president of this particular production company and basically said, it is illegal to mandate an experimental vaccine. You, you are overstepping. And whatever he said, he convinced this person and said, okay, fine, I'm going to leave it up to the productions. Right. If they want to mandate the vaccine, which is Sounds like still he illegal, I think. Yeah, he passed just passed, he, he said, put the ball into somebody else's court. Yeah. He was afraid to touch it. Yeah, one of those. Um, yeah, yeah, not my problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not my problem. So, yeah, so I was given a number to call and say, you know, talk to this guy and see if you need to be vaccinated. So I called this guy and he goes, well, it's, your production has stated that, so there's a little background real quick. There's two sides to what I do. There is the first unit side, which is where you work next to the cameras, next to the actors. And there's the rigging side where you build the sets. Right. And I was on the rigging side, which is far away from um, Zone A, which is the actors and the important people, which we'll touch <laughs> zone on a. that too. Yeah, Zone A. I was you learn something zone every day, zone, zone A. a. Yeah. <laughs> it goes all the way down to Zone D. I was a lowly Zone B guy. Um, <laughs> and uh, that day, I was decided that I did not have to get the vaccination. I was thrilled. But God had a different plan for me in mind. Only four days later, on October 15th, I tested positive for COVID. And I was like, okay, so you told me I didn't need the vaccine. And now here I am four days later with COVID. You know, what are you trying to tell me, God? Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people who had COVID who had minor symptoms. You know, some people struggle with it. It knocked me down good. I was very sick. Um, mm -hmm. I had a fever of near 103. I was just, I've never experienced fatigue like this before. Um, it was, it was brutal. And it was, I spent a week in bed and my aunt actually reached out to me and said, you know, cause I, I called my, my PCP, my primary care physician. And I said, I have COVID, I tested positive today. I need treatment. What's the answer? Oh, we'll send you an increased dose of cough syrup like, well, I'm coughing, but that doesn't sound like a real treatment. So my aunt told me to reach out to America's frontline doctors, which as you yeah. said in the previous podcast has been discredited by, you know, everybody, Fauci. everybody, yeah. you name it, it's been discredited, but America's frontline doctor, I reached, I reached out to them through their website. And within a few minutes, I was having a phone consultation with somebody. I was explaining my symptoms and he prescribed me azithromycin, which I think is a Z-Pack. Um, antibiotics and a five-day course of ivermectin, which is CNN's okay. famous. All right. Now I'm going to interrupt you for just a second. And I apologize. Okay. We are in no way, shape or form suggesting that, that, that this is okay. So YouTube has very strict guidelines. And so what I'm saying is we're not doctors. We're only going over what you were prescribed by a doctor, correct? Mm -hmm. What yes. you were prescribed by a doctor for treatment on your illness. That's okay. it. 
Okay. So, but no, I mean, continue on with whatever you were going to say. I just want to make sure we put that out there. We're not telling anybody else that this is a, this is, this is everybody. This was your instance. And I'm sure we've all heard other instances where people did very similar things and that it worked just fine. But your instance is what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Go right ahead. Anyway, you were prescribed what? (laughs) I was prescribed uh, antibiotics and ivermectin, which, you know, the left labels as the infamous horse dewormer, um, which what a lot of people don't understand is there is a version of ivermectin for humans. Um, Well, that's what it was invented for originally. Right. So I took, uh, you know, I was supposed to take this medication for five days and within three days I was back to normal with the exception of my taste and smell. Did not have my taste and smell back. But other than that, I was healthy. And that was my experience with that medication. It worked for me. Right. Uh, so fast forward a couple of months and um, my girlfriend needed to get the vaccine to go on a family cruise, which she is leaving for next week. And right. I was there and I was just like, you know what? I'm tired of, you know, this is just going to continue to be an issue in my life. Um, I'm just going to do it. And I did, which is looking back at it. I'm not proud of the decision, but like I said, it is where we are now. Right. Um, but yeah, COVID in Hollywood um, is very interesting. COVID is, is, has really changed Hollywood for the worst, in my opinion, because of zones. And there's COVID is making a lot of people, a lot of money, me included, because if I have to go get tested off of site uh, for a job that I haven't started working for yet, they pay me to do that. So that part's nice. But um, what I have here is called the RTW agreement, which means re- the return to work agreement. And it basically lists all the guidelines we have to listen to in order to work in the Hollywood environment. And they're very interesting. There's one word that comes to mind when I look at these and, and uh, you know, maybe you'll think of the same word, but um, I'll just go through, I'll just go through the list. Yeah. So the, this, this is, this is the RTW agreement and, and how, and how to come back to work for Hollywood with COVID. So Keep in mind that you can work in Hollywood, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, but that's interesting. There's, there is, uh, there's certain criteria that you must follow if you are unvaccinated in Hollywood. So okay. if you are vaccinated, there are relaxed mask restrictions. So no mask is required when working outdoors if you're vaccinated and sometimes indoors, depending on how the air filtration is designed. Um, but if you're unvaccinated, <laughs> have to wear the mask all the time. No ifs, ands, or outs about it, buts about it. Yeah. Um, Another thing is if you are vaccinated, you do not have to be tested as often. You can, you know, they have us, I've been on shows where they were testing us three times a week, sometimes two, sometimes one. Um, But if you are vaccinated, you test about as half as much, you know, even though if you're vaccinated, you can still get COVID, you know, it's been proven. Yeah. Um, uh, So another thing here is, this is one of my favorite ones. Uh, (laughs) Okay, go ahead. I could just hear these coming, come on. Yeah. so when we when we work on location, not every day is filmed obviously on a stage. We, there's a lot of days where we're filming downtown LA, uh, out in a park somewhere. We call those location days. Right. And to, a lot of times to get to location, you you park your car in crew parking, and then you take a van to where where the location is going to be. Um, so this this touches on van rides. So there are separate <laughs> vans yeah. to these locations for vaccinated and unvaccinated employees. And vaccinated vans can operate at a full capacity, while people riding in unvaccinated vans can only operate at a 50 to 75% capacity, depending on how far the trip is. So wait, so, so the unvaccinated have more room to sit? They do. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like You're a win. Sitting shoulder to shoulder. That sounds like a win, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, keep in mind, there's one word I want you to think about. No, I'm listening. listening. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this last one, which is even, um, actually, this isn't the last example. This is the last example that's on the RTW agreement. Um, Meals, meals. So the cool thing about about being in the film industry is a lot of meals are provided for you because you're doing long days. And, you know, sometimes you're doing 10, 14, 16-hour days. 
um, which we're trying to do away with, by the way, which is why the whole film industry almost went on strike very right. recently because they're trying to do away. They're trying, they're, we're fighting for reasonable working hours. Um, but yes, anyway, meals, a lot of meals are provided. And sometimes you're there for all three meals. They'll give you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sometimes even a fourth meal if you're doing wow. a 16 plus hour day, you know? Yeah. Um, which does save you a lot of money, which is nice. But meals. Unvaccinated employees can no longer participate in a self-serve buffet food style service. So a lot of the meals before COVID, the food was just out. You go and you make a plate, you fill your plate with whatever food you want. Right. And that's how everybody got their food. But if you are unvaccinated, you can't go to that line anymore. You have to go to a different line where the food is grabbed for you from an individual who is masked and gloves. And then you have to go through the window and say, I want this, 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 and this, and they'll grab free and hand you the plate. Yeah. Yeah. On top of that, you cannot, not only can you not get food from that line anymore, you must also eat at a separate table from the vaccinated employees. Hmm. Would the discrimination so, word be the word that you're going for there? The word I was going for was segregation. Oh yeah, discrimination, yeah. segregation. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're like kissing, up, kissing cousins. Yeah, yeah. So I actually looked up the definition because I want to make sure I was in the right realm yep. here. So the dictionary.com definition of segregation is the institutional separation of an ethnic, ethnic, racial, religious, or other minority group from the or dominant other. majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that fits in the realm to me, you know, and. Yeah. So, but we're not done. This, this, this <laughs> I, I, no, I, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I was wrong. I, I, I did put this in my notes, but this is actually also part of the RTW agreement. And this is by far the worst one in my opinion, um, which, which I think they're trying to pass this among society as a whole. Mm -hmm. There's these two more vaccination visibility and contact tracing. And what the, the studio that I was working for, vaccination visibility was, hey, here's this bright yellow lanyard with black writing on it that says vaccinated on it. You must wear this on your person at all times. So there's not even any privacy element to it anymore. It is, you have to wear basically your vaccination badge on you because we want right. to see if you're on set near unmasked celebrities or zone A individuals, you're not supposed to be here. You know, So we had to wear that vaccination on our person which I obviously didn't get one because I wasn't vaccinated at the time. Right. But it's interesting because people do look at you differently. You know, people who think you are holdouts on the economy and, you know, like you, you had that reference of Jews with typhus and, you know, people will look at you yeah. and say, oh, you're one of those guys that's not vaccinated. You're part of the problem, you know, and I was yep. getting looks like that all the time on, on the studio, you know. There's a lot of guys that I worked with who were not vaccinated, so I was not alone, which made me feel better in that aspect. But yeah, that was a thing. And then the contact tracing, they give you this little chip that you had to wear on your person as well. And it okay, wait, tell you a legit chip, yeah, like a tile a legit chip. Yeah. Uh-huh. Legit chip. And it was, it's about, it was about that big. Right. And you, it was in a plastic, um, like a holder and you would clip it somewhere on your person and it would tell you who you've been around and if you had been within six feet of somebody so that when they, when somebody does test positive for COVID, they can see who was around them and say, okay, you may potentially be at risk, but full on contact tracing. So now was this just on set? On set. Well, this was this, you wore this every day you went to work. So, right. so at work, not at home per se, but not at, at work, not you, at had, home. At work. you had to have, yeah. I just want to make sure we yeah. clarify that. Yeah. 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 This is, this is only at work. Um, but that's not to say that the rest of society would not implement something like this. You Great know, place. It's very possible. Yeah. Great place to practice, isn't it? Great place to practice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, very, very interesting. Yeah. So Hollywood has used COVID as a very controlling tool in, in my experience and what I've been dealing with. I mean, it's really flipped the whole industry upside down. And it's made it a lot less fun to be a first unit guy and work near the cameras and and be around the actual action that you're filming. Because when I started this job in 2018, 
we could stand next to the camera we could sit on the set yeah. and watch the scene be filmed unmasked there was no yeah. restrictions you know and now it's like yeah. okay everybody get off the set it is so you're so separated from it now it's removed a lot of the fun out of it for me um, yeah but and that's just hollywood i know a lot of other people have difficulties with covid in their jobs as well and i guess i'm more fortunate in that sense because um i'm still working so i know some people aren't but well you know it's interesting because i mean you know a lot of people are going to listen to this podcast waiting for you to talk about how corrupt hollywood is that's not what this podcast was about i think i don't mm -hmm. think i don't think this podcast needs to cover hollywood corruption i think i think there's plenty i think you know yeah i think daily wire and newsmax and all those guys they got plenty of time that's what they do yeah i mean but the, you know but in a sense we did somewhat cover corruption in hollywood and the fact that they are totally uh playing off of covid they're totally playing off of segregation they're totally playing off woke politics i mean it's in it's in every i, I mean i've got grandkids and i see some of the stuff that comes up and i shake my head when i when my kids i have five boys and when my kids were little it was uh oh what was the name of that one it was barney i think it was barney the purple dinosaur was it barney okay mm -hmm. i hated yeah. i hated that thing there was no barney allowed in my house nobody was allowed to give my kids barney gifts why because i knew exactly what that thing was all about all right so yeah and to this day you know and and so when there's if there's any videos or anything that i'm like yeah no that's not happening when you're grandpa's yeah that's just the way it is but mm -hmm. you know so you know we'll start wrapping up here but um the whole point of bringing you on here, Matt, was for people to see what's really going on behind the curtain uh, as far as it affects people. And it's good to hear that there are more God-fearing people in, in the industry than people might think. And they're probably afraid to step forward, but it's good for them to hear that they get, that you got to carry a chip. It's good for them to hear that they've got lanyards that completely separated and they're yellow, right? Yeah, they're yellow. And like, yeah. I, think, I think in history, I remember something else being yellow. Wasn't it a star? Yeah. anyway anyway yeah. sorry i digress so <laughs> so my point yeah. here is for one on your getting vaccinated the it's never been about being anti-vax it's been about being pro-transparency mm -hmm. now i have no judgment for anybody that's been vaccinated you got vaccinated some of my good military friends uh have been vaccinated that was their choice yeah. And I'm totally, if you researched it, whether you felt good about it or not, whether you have regrets or not, it's irrelevant. You chose, you looked it up, you chose to do it. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with anybody going to get it. I am not vaccinated. I have no intentions of being vaccinated because I think it doesn't work. Well, I'm not going to go over that here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's because yeah. I choose not to get it. That's all anybody needs to know. Yeah. But, and I have not had COVID, but, uh, but, you know, I mean, from, from the Christian male perspective, and I'm, I'm glad, I'm ecstatic, actually, that you decided to come on. From the Christian male perspective, you being the introvert, the guy who didn't want to do it, the guy who has wanted to stay back, like I've said before, there is no time for that anymore. That time is gone. And I really think that what you've brought forward here is the world is not healing itself. It's not getting better. You have Hollywood with an agenda that it is actively pushing and you can see it. I mean, you're right there yeah. sitting next to the driver practically yeah. it's, watching it's this guy celebrate. drive the train yeah. right in the ground. Yeah. Would, yeah. would you? It, yeah. Oh, well, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, they're pushing this stuff and they're celebrating it. I mean, yeah. when, when I was on diaries of a future president, you should, I mean, the looks on people's faces, they felt like they were doing God's work personally. I mean, they, yeah. they, they really think this is the greatest stuff, you know? Yeah. And I mean, we won't even go into, I mean, you know, I think, I think I've said it before, but if, if you're liberal and you claim to be a Christian, you can't be both. Sorry. No, it's not I, scripturally possible. Yeah. And you can go back to my podcast on uh, socialism and Christianity. And a lot of people were like, a lot of people say, well, I'm liberal. I'm not socialist. No, you're socialist. Socialism is nothing but communism's toddler. Eventually it grows up to be just like dad. So, you know, so but I mean, Matt, I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, I've got so many thoughts going through my head right now, but, but I really appreciate you coming on because people need to know 
that that's what's yeah. going on. They're using, I mean, they're using you guys as a test point. They're using California as a test point. They want to see between California and New York, how far can we push these people before enough is enough? Guys like you, more men need to step up. Okay. Yeah. Now, not everybody needs to scream and yell. And the one thing I would encourage you on, Matt, is I know you don't want to say anything when you feel not qualified to say something, but it's okay for us as Christian men to put our foot in our mouths occasionally, because that will drive us to find the answer. It's okay for somebody who's wrong to co totally catch us in something that we don't have an answer for, because we just don't have an answer right then. That doesn't mean yeah. we can't have an answer in 15 minutes or even a week. You know, th the whole point is uh, back when I was younger, I did a lot of creation evolution uh, discussions because when I talked about trust of science, that was the thing about trust of science. I'm just a plumber. I'm just a redneck dude. I, I've got animals, you know, I got kids, I got grandkids. I have no college education, but I'll tell you right now that I will take any PhD with uh, on the creation evolution debate. Yeah. What, can I do it effectively given enough time? Sure. I could. Why? Because I have information that they need. Their PhD, if they do not have a belief in God, their PhD means nothing. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Because I have the info they need as a Christian man. Because it's true. And Christian men need to start speaking, stepping out, stepping up, and getting back into proving there's a God. Because I'm telling you right now, if we got back into the proving there's a God, a lot of this other stuff would fall away. Because, I mean... We were talking a little bit before as well, uh, LGBTQ, veganism, uh, liberalism, uh, uh, transgender stuff. Those are all small fires of a much bigger fire. And we're spending way too much time trying to stomp all these little ones out. But yeah. sorry, sorry, I went off on my tangent. So do you have anything no, you want to say? <laughs> you have anything no. you want to say in closing, Matt, or anything that you didn't cover that you wanted to cover? No, I was just going to agree with you. You know, I, I think what truly made America great in, in recent years was we were one nation under God. And yeah. uh, it seems like we're actively moving towards removing God and look where it's getting us. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like at least in my, in my lifetime, things have never been as bad as they are now in terms yeah. of division and hate and, and just being unable to see each other's sides while remaining civil, you know, uh, it's, it's, we just need to remember that God's at the forefront of it and removing God from, from our nation is not the answer. It's just not. No. And, and it, cause it just, it just creates chaos. And, yeah. Cause yeah. you're right. Yeah. You're right. There is, there is no, and we talked about this a little bit. There is no moral or ethical foundation to build upon without God, because then it's just opinion. And if we're just going to build a moral and ethical foundation on opinion, why be good at all? Mm -hmm. Why help people at all? There's no point in it. If all you do is go yeah. poof when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Look at, look at where opinions gotten us. Opinion is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Facts over feelings. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, Matt, I want to thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it very, very much. It's been an awesome interview. And uh, if anybody has questions for Matt, please direct them to me, Mike at the sedatedman.com. I'm not going to hand your, your info out, Matt. And, uh, and if anybody would like, if there are any other podcasters out there, cause I know other podcasters listen to this too. If you would like Matt to be on your show, although he didn't know I was going to throw this out there, please contact me. Yeah. I'll be happy to contact Matt uh, just because this is his first interview and we don't want to, we don't want to roll him over with popularity, kind of ease into that kind of thing. So yeah. Matt, thanks again. <laughs> and uh, just hang on one second. We'll, we'll talk as soon as we're done here. Okay. Well, thank you. It's fun being here. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Sedated Man, bringing Christian men back to power in their homes, congregations, and communities. We'll see you next time.